It's that Elizabeth, isn't it? It's that Elizabeth. She's doing favors for you, huh? Oh my goodness. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winston, and today we come back to the World Wrestling Federation after spiking it for a week, both literally and figuratively, to go go check in on Dusty Rhodes, who may be having some problems over there and is lashing out and reacting the way that he does, which is by bleeding all over the place, but... We're back in the World Wrestling Federation the Saturday after the 1988 Survivor Series ding for superstars from November the 26th of that year. And indeed, yes, I did cover this on Greg's Mallentown, but now we're at a point where it's been three and a half years since I did that one. So now I'm not so hung up on, oh, did I, what did I say in that one? I don't want to repeat the same thing because as I've, as I've mentioned now, what the hell is that? Jeez. I don't I don't know I don't know where this noise is coming from before I introduce who's coming in. But anyway, uh, I sound like an alien from another planet on those uh, on those shows. So uh, who, who knows? Who knows what I'll say here? But without any further ado, there's nobody I'd rather have on this journey than the noisemaker, my amigo, my compadre, my best friend of the whole world, the Stu Finer of four team NHL parlays that he pulls out of his ass. Mr. Keithy Langston, how are you? Nayo. Yes, I did pull a one out of my ass, didn't I? Do you want <laughs> well, to tell everybody how you did not authorize me to select uh, to select Montreal? Yeah, I thought. All right, look. On on Thursday night, I I authorized a Dallas Colorado a, uh, a two, stunning bet, a stunning bet, a two team parlay that that was going to be somewhere between minus one hundred one and minus one hundred five. So. I found it to be fairly easy money there, and I loaded it up. And then I, I tacked on a, a very small bet where I tacked on Minnesota because I didn't have very much confidence in them. And then a larger one where I tacked on Seattle because mm. they were playing a very bad team. But you, we, we might have to have a meeting out in the desert again because you, you tacked on the Bruins, which is all well and good considering how many games they've won. But then you tacked on the Montreal Canadiens against the Washington Capitals. I did not authorize that. You did not. And and and, and I'll tell you why. Um, <clears throat> the reason being is that when I'm trying to go through and do these bets and these parlays, I'm trying to make the most bang for my buck or the most buck for my bang, let's say. And uh, the, the, the odds are just not in my favor or forever not in my favor when I'm betting like – one team or two teams. Like, I have to get – I got to get that juice, man. I got to tease out as many as I can. And I took the Bruins because the Bruins were kind of a safe bet. Even though they won it, they ended up winning in friggin' overtime, which was irritating to me. Um, that's twice now that I've had to have Bruins wins in overtime in order for them to cover what I was betting. I, don't I like love, that. I like how it irritates you and not, not the guy who's been to 36 Bruins games this year. Fucking nauseating. Yeah. <laughs> well, now it's – well, the way that I've been – because, all right, so 
before I started this whole betting thing that I've been doing, <laughs> I, I really haven't paid much attention to the games themselves. Now <laughs> oh, great. Watching, well, now that I'm watching the games, I'm like, I don't know if this team's got legs to win the whole Stanley Cup. And, uh, you know, I put I put one of my free $200 bets on the Bruins to win the Stanley Cup. Oh. So, I mean, granted, I'm not going to lose anything if, you know, if they don't win, but. I want to win. I want to. I'm gonna pay pretty good payday if they win. You know, so they better win the friggin' Stanley Cup. Are they gonna win the Stanley Cup, Pete? In your estimation, you're you're asking me to say this over over a podcast whether I think the Bruins will win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> you know what? Don't say it. Um, but anyway, so I I, I put no no. I'm not I'm not afraid to say it. Yes, they will. Okay, good. Whew. All right, I feel good. Um, witness. No, but and then. And then, yeah, I took Montreal because I said, I got to take one underdog. And um, I did. And they came what? out. <laughs> God bless you for betting on one of the worst five or six teams in the league. Then again, I did put $20 on the Colorado Rockies last night. But that was because they were playing the Nationals. And and I love these. Oh, God. I'm famous for loving these slum NHL games where it's sure. just like two horrible teams. So it's like, mm-hmm. like. I, I am a fucking historian of the Colorado Anaheim rivalry of the last two years. Like I've literally watched all four Colorado. I mean, no, not Colorado Columbus Anaheim games from the last uh, two years. Mm. And, um, and both of those teams are, uh, are, are, are not good. I think I know that about you. Mm. I think we've had, I think we've had conversations offline and online about, uh, <laughs> about you wanting to watch those games. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know if the gambling stories necessarily hit with our audience, but I do want to share one thing for, from last night, which I, I got myself in trouble with some evening bets mm-hmm. after uh, after the Orioles and uh, Phillies had won earlier in the day. Uh, I saw that the there was a prop, and it did not register in my head, and I was on MGM, which is the worst of the four sports books. That yes, I, it is. That it's I, terrible. Yeah. Like there, there, there's no, there's no promo stuff that there, there, no. there's nothing like, don't fucking call yourself the king of sports books when you're not even fucking offering anything. Well, it's like the interface is bad. No. Yeah. That's that too. So, so I go on there and I'm looking at the uh, Dallas Mavericks and, and everybody's favorite jobber, the SD Jones of the national basketball association, Luka Doncic. Yeah, yeah. And I, I see that his three-point he, – he generally makes about three or four three-pointers a game. And I see that his three-pointers made prop is one and a half. And I'm like, is this some sort of what, – what's what's going on here? And it was plus 145. And I was like, ooh, I'll jump all over that. So I threw down $25. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Admiral Akbar appeared in my head. It was like, it's a trap. It's a and, trap. And then when I looked it up. And this goes hand in hand with my rant from the end of last show, where I'm like, these NBA fucks don't don't play anymore. Find out, oh, uh, Luke is only going to play the first quarter, and then he's going to sit out the rest of the season. I'm like, uh... what the fuck is going on in the NBA, where like we got dudes playing one quarter, and then and then we just sit them out. And it turns out he stayed long enough. He he didn't make any three pointers in the game. So uh, fortunately for me. When I saw that he was only going to play the first quarter, I went in and did the cash out function. And the one good thing is before the game, they do keep the cash out as the amount bet. So, like, I was able to get all twenty five dollars back. But seriously, the 
the NBA is losing me at this point. I mean, I know that the playoffs are starting and dudes are going to play, but uh, it, it's it's completely ridiculous how like the last two months of the regular season, nobody ever knows who's going to play. Everybody's a fucking game time decision. Like it's whereas in the NHL, it's a little bit less predictable, but at least, you know, guys are going to play with the exception of teams that have, that have clinched certain, like, like Patrice Bergeron is getting nice, uh, nice vacation, well-deserved vacation time at the end of these uh, seasons. So, yeah. Uh, you know who you know who doesn't get vacation time is independent contractors like uh, the wrestlers in the World Wrestling Federation. No, they do not. <laughs> nice segue, by the way. Uh, <laughs> maybe they maybe they should appeal to Tunney so long as Tunney isn't getting favors from. Uh, oh, oh, wait, 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 that's that's later on. We got to save that for later. You know who else doesn't get vacations? Apparently, is Vince McMahon, or he he get a little vacation, but. Uh, oh, you want you want you want to talk about you want to talk about that real quick. All right, because yes. all right. So I want to talk about Gomez Adams. <laughs> all right, my whole thing about that mustache not being like I refuse to believe that that was real because how can you be a person who's in the public eye for fifty fucking years, no facial hair the entire time, and then then you're gonna fucking grow a Gomez Adams just out of nowhere when you emerge from hibernation? Because that's where Vince was. He was just hibernating this this entire time. But not and, only that. Well, actually, it, that also and the fact that um, it, it looks like he had some really bad uh, Botox work done. So that's where Vince was. He was doing. He was getting Botox. And uh, I mean, what an asshole. <laughs> Like, just that's it. Just end the story. He's just such an asshole. Like, he looks like a fucking moron. Like, remember how I went on this rant the other day about uh, women getting facial work done and, and kind of ruining what it was that they look like? You know, like Madonna looks terrible and Charlotte Flair, maybe. It's just it's this ridiculous thing about like Vince looks like a fucking moron right now. He looks like the dumbest person I've ever seen in my life. Oh god. Well when, when when dudes do it to me it's much worse because women face certain societal pressures that I think we're all kind of uh aware yeah. of and you know cert, certain things certain things can happen when you have that worked up but with, with Vince so anyway my my theory on oh, WrestleMania yeah, is you start theory. <laughs> it started not Austin theory who made Cena look like a fucking dumbass again uh <laughs> It's that we we now have three years of data on the two night manias, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not I'm not counting that one in 2020 because that was that was a pile of shit. Yes. Uh, um. I mean, we all know that the better night was the one that didn't have Bray Wyatt. Uh. But in the three years with a crowd of two night manias, mm-hmm. the Saturday the Saturday show has been much better than the Sunday show in each case. Yeah, and it, it's got nothing to do with with Roman Reigns or anything like that. I think it's just, uh, yeah. Even though you split it out over two nights, you still burn out the audience in some way. And then, mm-hmm. then when you get to Monday, and of course now, with when you get to Monday, Vince is now back at Gorilla. Yeah, he's he's in Gorilla again. He's he's once again penetrated Monsoon. Are you blind? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's no, he's not blind. He had a he had an eye lift. You didn't you didn't see that? <laughs> so Vince is at Gorilla, and with all that that entails, the rewrites and shit. And I, 
I DVR'd Raw, and I, I decided not to go back and watch even a second of it. I did turn it on at about <laughs> 10.30 when they're like, ooh, big main event coming, Cody and Brock versus yeah. uh, Solo and Roman. I'm like, ooh, this, this is going to be big. And then, of course, they, they don't deliver on it because uh, I forgot. Oh, yeah, that's right. Only two people are allowed to be stars in this company. So let's make Cody look like a complete fucking schmuck. A schmuck on wheels, if you will. What am I, a schmuck on wheels? And and now you get now you got a thing where uh, now Brock is heel, Roman is heel. I get everybody telling me, oh, yeah, Cody's just going to go over Brock, and, and that's going to be like, yeah, I'll fucking believe that when I see it. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's... No. Uh, but I will say that uh, for, uh, I, I may have said to you earlier that um, my brother, who is not really a, a big wrestling fan at this time, he watched both nights of WrestleMania very intently, I might add, to the point that he was like he was giving match star matches and uh, things like that. And he watched he watched Raw the next night because as as everybody kind of has figured out over the last few years. Uh, since Fandango, the night after Rain- Mania is supposed to be like the best Raw. And, uh, yeah, all of his conversation about wrestling ended immediately after that. So, <laughs> well, congrats- congratulations, Vince. You, no, I... you took a casual viewer and completely turned him off once again. <laughs> no, it, I, I'm of the complete opposite opinion. The night after Mania Raw, since at least 2015, has mm-hmm. been the worst Raw of the year. Now this might not apply to like 2019, where everything kind of kind of sucked and uh, uh, what wasn't all that great. But uh, I, I mean, I mean later, I guess later in the year, I don't know. But uh, yeah, uh, like uh, all stupid stuff happens on 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 the night after Raw, where they they, they just make these dumbass decisions. I mentioned the Cesaro thing, which I guess was 2014, but like 2015. Oh, Brock comes down and destroys destroys the set. Uh, F5's coal out of his shoes. And then Brock disappears for four months. Mm. Only, only to come back and do a job for Undertaker at mm. SummerSlam in one of the stupidest fucking matches ever. Um, and and, and the, the, crowd, the crowds were super obnoxious there for a while. It doesn't seem to be as bad in that way anymore. But, but now, now we're right back where we were we're in the we're in the bad time again well <laughs> and, let's go back let, so and, let's and, see and as for get... as i just want to say one one word about cody rhodes's uh baby fish push god rest his soul yeah exactly <laughs> well if we can go back now to the good times <laughs> good times <laughs> Te- temporary layoffs good times <laughs> fire in morocco good times <laughs> Beating up Jack Tony. Good times. Ain't we lucky we got him. Temporary layoffs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's go back to, let's go back to 1988. Yeah. So we're two days after Ding and we're still in the Baltimore arena. So uh, be prepared to be annoyed by the Saturday night's main event banner on the apron. Okay. Uh, I know we, we haven't covered this in a, in a while. Uh, the any of these superstars because we had the pay per view and then we had uh, <laughs> the TBS show last week. Yeah. So we miss we missed the Grand Canyon and and the video comes in at the point where Gene is like, "What the world is watching, 
with the world. And one thing that I am delighted to uh, point out is we do have a full-blown Chamber of Commerce, Vince. Mm. So FBCOCV. Hey, real quick, because um, this will be something that I think you find out funny. So there's that episode of I, I've seen it come across my TikTok a few times. It's an episode of the Cosby Show where Vanessa goes to Baltimore and like the car gets stolen and everything, and then her parents have to go down and get her. And it's just really funny that Claire Huxtable says Baltimore like five times. She's like you and I, like she makes it seem like Baltimore in whatever year that was eighty eight, eighty seven, eighty nine was like was like Baghdad. She's like, you went off to Baltimore to have fun, didn't you, Vanessa? Oh, yes. Everybody goes down and has donuts in Baltimore. And it's just really funny. I want I want somebody to call... I want Vince to go, we're at the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. Barb and I never had a problem with Baltimore. You know, oh. we, we, we have a... We, we like to go to Sabatino's. And uh, we, we enjoyed walking the Inner Harbor, exchanging long protein strings. I mean, we, we never had any of the same problems as everybody uh, else. Barb and I. Yeah, good old Barb. One of the greats, right? Or, or if you ask me, Baltimore, a wonderful place to get COVID in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You had bad times in Baltimore. <laughs> it, was, it was not bad times. It was just stupid of me to go there right before a work trip to San Francisco, which... Uh, Admittedly, is is kind of a destination place, but it, you know what? It wasn't bad times, but you know what? It wasn't <laughs> good times. <laughs> Eating sixty six oysters, good times. <laughs> Falling on the sidewalk, good times. <laughs> Ain't we lucky? We got them. All right, so Vince is going to share uh, some things about Baltimore that oh. some of which actually still apply uh, thirty five years later. All right, well, let's see what we got. Baltimore is the home of Fort McHenry, where Francis Scott Key wrote the Star Spangled Banner. It's also the home of the famous Baltimore and Ohio, or b Railroad, and the home of Procter & Gamble's soap manufacturer. <laughs> soap manufacturing. Good Lord. Yeah. Well, of course, it does, it does have the feel of uh, Vince setting up Jesse for a joke here. And, uh, of course. Good. Good. <laughs> ah, Jesse's doing the fist pump to the green screen. Uh, you love that fist pump. Not the, oh, not Jesse. Oof. No hat, no bandana. What's going on here, Jesse? <laughs> Jesse doing fist pumps. Good times. <laughs> Jesse with his chrome dome. Good times. <laughs> uh, Vince is wearing the light blue jacket so vince's hair is uh about as black as it is currently <laughs> and i have to uh, jesse's mustache much thicker than the one vince has now yeah but it, it's entirely possible that vince is not capable of growing anything thicker than that who knows because he's a hundred years old you know it's a good thing this town's got a soap factory mcmahon well you said it had bo didn't you that's not what I meant. But didn't the Orioles stink last year? <laughs> well, let's get to action. Uh, yeah. Well, were, they, were the Orioles terrible in uh, 87? 88, yeah. Well, this is after the 88 season. Where oh, they yeah. Went this would have been out, yeah. 54 and 107. Oh, my God. Don't, don't worry. Think, things have changed now. And, uh, 
I have all of my overwind bets that uh, I'm going to have to wait until October. I spent my $200 bonus bet on over over 79 and a half wins at plus 145. Get a big feature match this week. Mm-hmm. Hercules and the One True King in a WrestleMania 5 preview. And also a lot of guys who would still be there in 91. Yes. The perfect boss man, Jake. There he is. The yeah. Jake man. The snake man. Jake snake Roberts, man. who is coming to the Kowloon, New England's premier Asian dining yes. experience on yes. May the 6th. May the 5th. 5th. May the 5th be with you. Oh, um, so on, on the Friday. Oh, wait. No. Yeah. No, no maybe it is the 6th. I forget what day it was. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I... I so they had on it. It was like seventy-five dollars for like a special session where you can, you can go and you can sit with Jake and I think you get like a you get a you get a selfie or a signed picture and you can sit and have a conversation with him. I was really tempted, only because like. But here's the thing, okay? And this is the problem I have. I almost want to pay seventy-five dollars, get my picture with Jake ask him a question and then leave because I've heard Jake's I've heard all of Jake's stories and all of his like you know his his all of his anecdotes and things like that you know the only thing I would ask him is I would say listen Jake I got a question for you um in multiple shoot interviews I've heard you talk about how when Randy Savage and the biting the snake bite incident that he thought you were going to uh take the title away from him um neither one of you were anywhere near the title scene (laughs) in November of 91 (laughs) So what the fuck, Jake? <laughs> no, I, what you have to do with these guys, and I don't, I don't know if it would apply to like uh, Warlord because we already know, you know, what his answer. I, I never had a problem with Jake. I mean, we no. didn't cross paths very much, but I never had a problem with him. Yeah. The what, the thing that you do is you find an angle, and I don't mean like wrestling angle, like something that he could definitely talk about, but. Mm-hmm hasn't in the past and the thing that i would ask him about is when you turned heel in 91 yeah how did you how did you deal and was it somewhat frustrating that fans are still cheering the ddt even though you're one of the top heels in the company and how Mm. would you like what kind of things did you take to combat that now i know that we we saw a lot of the matches where what he would do is in some cases he wouldn't even do the ddt Right. Like he he would just end the match another way or he would tease the DDT, not do it and then just kind of do it out of nowhere. So that yeah. that that would be an, an angle that I would I would take with him. Uh because like if you ask Jake, "Oh, what's it like working with Andre?" It's like, "Well, he's he's been asked that a million times." He's like, "Yeah, Andre was rough with me because he didn't like this or that or, you know, whatever whatever." I, but I just want to I just want to go, you know, I I just want to ask him the whole Dude, you were nowhere near the title scene with the Warrior or Savage. Like, why Why talk about that in in, in interviews and in shoot interviews and just have them be like, I don't know, man. What do you want from me? Uh, it's, I, smoked a, it, I smoked a lot of crack. I was smoking God. crack back then, man. People don't remember things. That's true. People don't remember things. <laughs> but, yeah, it, we got the Andre thing going on. And Andre's, mm-hmm. Andre's going to challenge for the world title. Uh, on the Saturday night's main event that aired yeah. on the, on this day, we have to decide if we want to do that one because I I think it's got a Patera Bravo match. I don't oh, know boy. if uh, yeah, 
I remember when I did that on the Place to Be podcast, they were like, Pete, what are your thoughts on this match? And I said, I no longer fear death because I've watched Ken Patera versus Dino Bravo. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, I no longer, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Move like along. Monty Monty from Major League. Uh, so, yeah, Andre's in the inset promo with, with Heenan. So mm, okay. uh, we'll, we'll see how, I'm sure Heenan's going to do most of the talking uh, due to Andre's lack of coherency really are enjoy yourself in that ring mr roberts because if my attorneys get through with you your wrestling career is over no snake nothing that was that was great heenan at the end that was as close as we ever got to him saying come on huh <laughs> Come on, huh? Come on, huh? Come on, huh? Yeah, Andre, I think, while he might, while he might not have been thrilled with doing the "I'm afraid of snakes" angle, I think at the same time he might have been like, "Oh yeah, I get to show off the acting chops again." Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple years after uh, Bride One. That's right. Which you, you know, know that how Bride One went. <laughs> There wasn't a bride, too. Yeah, I know, but just in case. You know, they like to reboot or do sequels well after the fact. I mean, they did a freaking Top Gun sequel all those years later. You know, they always talk about the possibility of having a bride, too. And having it be like the, uh, you know, it would be the the exciting adventures of the Dread Pirate Roberts, played by uh, Mandy Patinkin. I would Mm -hmm. actually be very excited if they had Mandy Patinkin. (laughs) That'd be really funny. Are they going to do it? They'll do a thing where Fred Savage is reading to the kid instead of of Columbo. Yeah. And and then they'll have uh, Paul White instead of Andre. All right. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm sorry. You're not going to have a scene that makes me consistently laugh in a Princess Bride sequel as much as... The uh, uh, <laughs> Fazzini or whatever his name is, the the Battle of Wits. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't I don't know if um I don't know if Paul White. Oh, go ahead. What was the finish of that? What was the finish of that? What what when what the the, the Andre scene or the Battle of Wits? The Battle of Wits. <laughs> well, when like, the the Iacane powder was in Baltimore, I spent years developing an immunity to Iacane, which I don't know how you do that to a deadly toxin, but. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a scientist by by any means, but uh, <laughs> yeah, not having Wally Shawn there truly, you have a dizzying intellect. <laughs> Just wait till I get started. <laughs> well, I think you could still get Wallace Shawn in. I mean, he's still around. Yeah, but he dies. Um, oh, that's right, he does die. Oh yeah, we're talking about a sequel, not a remake. Uh, spoiler, um, spoiler. The other thing is, is like I don't think Paul White can do a 15 second fight like Andre did. And then just go, I am now, boss. Like, I don't... <sighs> yeah. Wally Sean was in the movie My Dinner with Andre. Yes. And in My Dinner with Andre, that was 1981, years later, it got parodied by uh, Andy Kaufman, future WWE Hall of Famer, inducted <laughs> this year for some reason. Because <laughs> they fucking run out of people. And he did my dinner with Blassie or my breakfast with uh, Blassie, I uh, say, where it was just him and Freddie Blassie, which, uh, you know, as, as far as things go, that's 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 not too bad. I mean, 
Andy Kaufman's comedy doesn't really hit with me at all. But. No, but there had been people. You had just mentioned Andy Kaufman because they ran out of people. No, Andy Kaufman had been on the the want list, let's say, for years, I think, of uh, celebrities. You know, I think it's like at this point now, the last one on the list is, is Cindy Lauper, you know? And I think uh, it's got to just be that. I mean, like, who else is – what other celebrity had as much impact in – the wrestling world than Cindy Lauper at this point, besides Kaufman, you know, that's so. that, that is very true. And uh, <laughs> the fact my, my point of view on that is if she didn't go in when they had it in New York, New Jersey, either of the two times, then it's not going to happen because like that, that's where it makes the most sense. You know, near- I, you know, if we could just talk about that for a quick second, who do you think is holding up? Because I can't believe it's Cindy Lauper. Like she, she seems like she would totally be on board with like doing that again, unless it's the fact that like at this point, cause she is very, I mean, for lack of a better word, political, um, or idealistic, let's just say that it must just be that she thinks that Vince is like a fucking piece of shit and she doesn't want to have anything to do with them. You know, that, that might be part of it, but there's also people that, you know, they just, they, they, they're in wrestling and then they go on, they do other things, and then they just like, all right, I'm leaving that part of my life behind. And one guy who I know is like that, who's not in the Hall of Fame, and, and definitely should be, is uh, Wee Wee Ricky Martel. But, mm. And that, you know, he's he's the classic example of a guy. Well, he, I mean, what we what we need in Philly is Martel, Sid, and Warlord all going, all going in. And... I say you and I host the Hall of Fame that year. Well, if we're if we're gonna be adding people in that we think that should be in, can we also have Barbarian and Haku? Oh yes, yeah. Well, I want them all to go in as singles wrestlers. Actually, I want Barb to go in as uh, Paul Jones Army Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> I would be okay with. Okay, so Sid's the headliner. You have Barbarian, Haku, Warlord. So you have the Faces of Pain. Um, and then you have the tag team is Demolition, and the celebrity inductee is Cindy Lauper. And then, um, I don't know, put friggin', uh, uh, what's her name in there? The one that hung around with um, Jimmy Govin, Precious. Put her in as the female. Oh, no, for Philly, it should be... Um, you just said Cindy Lauper. <laughs> no, but she's the celebrity. No, okay. for female, it's got to be um, either... Beulah or uh, who was the other girl that was big in ECW? Francine. Francine. So either Francine or Beulah should go in next year in Philly. Oh, I guarantee you it's going to be either Beulah or Francine. Probably Francine because didn't she have more of an impact like, um, you know, just with uh, – because she was with Shane Douglas. Did she go to WCW? No. No. Um, She stayed like ECW and that was kind of it. Yeah, and yeah. I, I honestly, yeah, Bueller, Bueller is definitely in that club of I've left it all behind. I think so. Yeah, because she didn't even show up at uh, when Tommy Dreamer was at Chaotic. She wasn't with them. Yeah. I'd and also like, like, I, I, yeah, life, you know, yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd like to submit one more wish though before because brother, brother loves batting second because you know something big's gonna happen here. Mm-hmm. Is um, I, I would like Pez Watley inducted as well, but I want him to go in with a Shaska Watley hat. He doesn't. He doesn't have it. Yes, he did wear a hat. He started wearing that weird top hat. I so mean, I, I, I guess, want it on the plaque. I guess we can. I guess thing. we can get 
Shaska Watley in if they ever have a if they ever do a WrestleMania in like in Charlotte where uh, where the Panthers play or or t- or Tennessee or Tennessee they, or could we do Atlanta? Could we squeeze them in for Atlanta? There, there will yeah there there will be a WrestleMania in when they build that inexplicable dome stadium in Nashville, which they're fucking building a dome stadium in Nashville so that they can host one Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> do, do you fucking understand that there's like 10 cities that can host Super Bowls? So you're going to spend billions and billions of dollars to host one Super Bowl? Seriously? Why is it and, just one? You don't think they'll ever host another one? Because there's enough of a rotation. Oh. Like, do you, do you think that they're going to go back to Tennessee before they go back to like Los Angeles, Miami, uh, Las Vegas? I mean, they don't go back to Dallas because the last time they had it there, there was a fucking uh, ice storm. Also, the fact that the stadium in Dallas is 25 miles away from the goddamn city. I mean, uh, anyway, I've had enough rants privately about how much I hate Dallas as a city, as a record label and as a crew. And I don't record label. (laughs) Sorry, I, 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 I have that Tupac song stuck in my head. Oh, God. All right. So, Brother Love in the number two spot, which when this happens, you know, shit's about to go down. Blubber Love. All right. Let's hear hear Blubber Love. The guest this week is Jack Tunney. Oh, the greatest president since Noriega. Sit back, McMahon. No, sit back and relax. Can't relax when this guy's around. You're a patient. Oh, look at that. He's an athlete. Vince cracking on Pritchard every time he has to run to the stage. Uh, I'm starting to enjoy that. You know, it still goes on today. Like, <laughs> get those legs up, pal. <laughs> but he, he's always like, look at that fat fuck Pritchard. And it's like in today's in today's landscape, that guy's slim. <laughs> look at that fat fuck Pritchard. <laughs> look at that fat piece of shit run. <laughs> he certainly doesn't need Botox in his cheeks. <laughs> and, then, and Tunney just sort of walks out. Why, why doesn't Tunney have intro music? <laughs> what would Jack Tunney's intro music? It's not the WrestleMania theme because that's Linda's. Hail to the Chief. Oh, you think it's Hail to the Chief? Oh, okay. oh, has to be. Yeah. How are everybody? You know what? Wait a minute. You know what I just realized? What? They they forced Tunney to come down from fucking Toronto for this. What's an angle? I know, but like Tony had to. What, Vince? You mean I need to come down from my house in Toronto to come here? What the fuck, Vince? Hey, man, you you want the checks? You gotta put you gotta put in the work. You gotta... I don't need to come down to Toronto though, to Vince. We used to run shows together. Unequivocally, I will not be going to Baltimore, as determined by the lab, as determined by Claire Huxtable. <laughs> So Brother Love has a rant up front here that I was kind of hoping you weren't going to interrupt. All right, I uh, want to. All right, go back a little bit and we'll hear the. No, rant. no, 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 I, no, no, no. I, I, I want to no, hear I, it entirety. I, I, I don't want to fucking listen to Pritchard more than once. No, I'm I want to hear it entirety. I want to hear it. Go back. Well, I don't know where the fuck it starts. All right, I'm I'm rewinding ten seconds. Okay, good. All right, I'll be quiet. I'm going to go
sensitive man. That's on you. Jesse's like, what a prick. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I don't even think Brother Love has been. It, it's not like guys have been laying hands on Brother Love up to this point. I mean, they've been running him off. You mean like Braun Strowman? You gotta get these hands! No, look, I. All right. First of all, I couldn't even understand half of what fucking Brother Love was ranting about in that amazing rant that you needed us to hear. He was like. But regardless. Yeah, no, he shouldn't be complaining. If anything, he's getting more screen time than he deserves. <laughs> well, my my point is, like, you you brought out Boss Man as a bodyguard that one time, and then you never you never utilized him again. So Actually, I, if anything, he brought out the Boss Man before Hogan even had a chance to do anything to him. How do we know Hogan was? I mean, not that Hogan's you know not adverse to laying hands on somebody. No, 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 I mean, no. The way that segment was, Hogan came out first, and then Boss Man and Slick came out. Right. But, yeah. like, you know, Hogan's been known to hit a woman occasionally, so... <laughs> and B- Brother Love's basically a woman oh. <laughs> in terms of professional wrestling. Mm. I, I suppose so. And there's always the fear that, you know, with Brother Love wearing the white jacket, that he, he's going to uh, hit a gusher out there as well. Yeah. <laughs> He's got all that red on his face anyway. I mean, all, all, myself, you know, all, all the all the capillaries in his face. If if, if he were to take a razor to it, he he would he would basically be like Eric Coolis after New Jack was through with him. Hi-o. Anyway, Eric Coolis. <laughs> that's that's mass transit for everybody who wants to Google that sad piece of business. I love it. Well, Brother Love has to work this entire segment because Tunney's just going to stand there like a statue and smile, I, smile goofily. I, I don't, I don't really know what to say here because I'm, I'm not really trained in this. <laughs> I was just a booker. I don't really know what to do. Tunney was on Piper's Pit in September of '84, so he has done this before. And then he was on the Piper's Pit before three. You know, it went down. Where he uh, he unveiled the giant Andre belt that never got used. I'd like to give this trophy undefeated for 45 years to Andre the Giant. And now we're going to give a much larger trophy to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and now now bad, bad news just kind of comes. Bad news doesn't have music. He don't need music. No, he don't need music. So, but he is he is wearing a shirt, which Tony insisted on because of bad news. His nipples were going to well, be uh, distracting. It's because I don't know if you know this or not. I don't know if you know this, but Tony had been known. You know how um, Mel Mel Phillips is a footman. God, Tony is a nipple man. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. So. Uh... Yeah, bad bad news comes up, and he he's a little bit gregarious, very surprisingly. What do you hear? What do you say? <laughs> he's completely fucking. Yeah. What do you hear? What do you say? <laughs> What's the his song? Uh. All right. So yeah, bad news just kind of walks out, 
and it's like, all right, well, I'm going to do a confrontation here. So we'll hear what he. So I finally caught up with you, Mr. President of the WWF. For the past five months, I've been sending letters to your office. I've been calling you on the telephone. I've been sending messages to your country club. Yeah, ba- bad news is definitely insinuating that Tony belongs to an all-white country club. Well, is it possible that at this time he just belonged to, uh, um, you know, the Masters down in Augusta? <laughs> at, this well, time, at this time, I'm pretty sure it was an all-white club. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, Augusta National integrated about three or four weeks ago. So uh, you, you, you could let... No, actually, I know that they did that thing where they made Condoleezza Rice, the first woman, to so like, all right! <laughs> yeah, we did. Right. We did it, everybody. All right, <laughs> we did killed it. two. We killed. We killed two birds with one stone wow. here. Man landing on the moon. We did it. <laughs> mm. Mm. So yeah, uh, bad, bad. He's sending letters. I know. I know. When I did the other podcast, I inquired about you know what kind of writing materials Bad News had. Did he have a? Did he have like a letterhead? You know. From the mind of Alan Coedge, you know? yeah, <laughs> those things. <laughs> I should, I should get you one of those. Uh, maybe if I ordered that for you, the company won't go out of business, and they'll actually send it to you. Let's hope so. Mm. And I have not got no response. So here I am to ask you in front of all these beer belly sharecroppers and all the I mean, let's let's break it down. So DiBiase is the number one contender coming out of it because he was the guy who lost in the finals and, you know, Hogan technically technically cheated. Andre gets his title shot that night. So who who else? Who else is there? Um, I know you want to say King Aku, but let, let's be real. No, 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 I won't say that. I won't go that far. I mean, I think you're right. I Listen, I've been a, I'm a fan and I've been a proponent of, they should have booked Savage Bad News for the main event of five and just had, you know, Hogan, I don't know, Huck and Hogan do something, you know, I think you could have gotten more legs out of Hogan, out of Savage and Hogan being in a tag team than having him exploded five. For for my money, you keep Savage as the champion all the way up through six, mm. and then maybe lose it to Hogan. You know, the pro the problem with that is that they 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 drew seven hundred fifty thousand pay per view buys for for WrestleMania five. So it's hard to argue that you could you could have exceeded that with <laughs> anything else you could have done. Um, it's hard to argue, but it's not completely out of the realm to argue. I think that they pulled the trigger on at, on the breakup at the right time, but you could you could play it out to the to the summer. But you know you know Vince like WrestleMania has got to be the biggest show, and everything else is secondary. 
By the way, I still think that SummerSlam should be two nights. I think they should break that up, too. Yeah. If you're going to do it in a fucking stadium, get two gates out of it. Like, why do you why do you set, do this elaborate setup and then only uh, people are going to fly there for it. They're going to buy tickets for both nights. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. People like you. <laughs> you you're you're, you're going to you're going to be there and you're going to stay oh. in Dearborn. Yeah, I am. Although I'll be pissed if I have to go Sunday because, you know, that my plane leaves on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but that's 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 not the case. They're only they're only doing one night. I and, know. And, I and that goes into the GFA live double turn that we've done after all this time. Now you're going to these shows and I'm staying home. <laughs> <laughs> not only that, but now I gamble and you smoke pot. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny uh, <laughs> any, yes, any of that. No way, Gene. Yeah, that's right. No way, Gene. All right. So what's? Sorry, I didn't mean so, to. I didn't mean to give up your uh, goose there. I'm I'm sure that uh, Tani has a uh, eloquent and uh, you know response to this. That's wrong. I'm not protecting anyone. That's wrong, huh? Well, every since Macho Man Savage, the so-called world champ, has oh, the world champ, I noticed. I understand that you have a big 35-room mansion in Beverly Hills. You have a big 200-foot yacht down in Florida, and you ride around in a brand-new Rolls-Royce limousine. Now, I want to know, is he giving you a percentage of his contract? Is there some kind of contract between you going What you I can tell you, hey, honey used to right drive now. a Chevy Chevette. He's got a point. <laughs> Tony driving around in a Chevy Chevette. That's that's a funny image. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. There's a lot, a lot of angles here where it's percentage of contracts being mm-hmm. given to other people. Like sure. the Rougeaus must feel infringed upon here. Mm-hmm. This was their gimmick. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Of, it's kind of like these trades in the NHL where it's like, all right, we'll retain uh, 25% of the salary. Um, of course, that's that's all for salary cap reasons, but. Yeah, Tony's not exactly, uh, he's he's not the greatest promo in the world here. No. (laughs) He's there there to do one job, and he just wants to get the fuck out of there. I I, I got a flight in about an hour I got to catch to go back up to Toronto. Can we just wrap this up, please? Thank you. (laughs) It's got to be a private jet. I'm pretty sure that there's no direct Baltimore to Toronto flights at that time. Uh, But who knows? Hmm. I, I think this is where bad news has the revelation in his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no point at all, obviously. Well, then you're going to tell me that there's no contract between you and Macho Man Savage? No. Tony's been above reproach for years, and you know that. And why Brother did you question me by making me a rat? Sometimes my head is a little thick, and it finally dawned on me what's going on. Uh-oh. It has nothing to do with Randy Macho Man Savage. It has nothing to do with him whatsoever. I finally figured out what it's all about. It's that Elizabeth, isn't it? It's that Elizabeth. She's doing favors for you, huh? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to speak to me in that fashion? 
All right. I, I'm more offended, not that Tony put his hands on bad news, but the way he put his hands on bad news. Where yeah, it's like, he looks like a moron. What the hell is his problem? <laughs> he puts his fingertips on it. Like, the tips of all five of his fingers, of course, including the thumb. You, you better just calm your <laughs> trucks right now. Yeah. But the best part about this angle is apparently uh, bad news legit roughed him up. Yeah, he should. <laughs> <laughs> well, because well, because he knew that as soon as Savage found out that he was insinuating Liz was blowing Tunny, that Savage was going to go fucking bonkers on over all over, uh, you know, bad news. So he might as well get his fucking licks in now. How dare you? Who do you think you are? You know that thing about like uh, Sid crapped his pants taking the tombstone that one time. I th- I think Tunny crapped his pants here. Oh, <laughs> I would definitely. Yeah, he's definitely wearing uh, Depends uh, adult undergarments. What is he doing? Can you believe it? He's making a point. Nobody, I don't care if you are the president of the WWF. I don't care if you're the president of the Teamsters Union. I couldn't care if you're the president of the United States or the Queen of England. Nobody. No, apparently he did grab his collar pretty tight, and that, that was what I meant by he got roughed up. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a daring angle where you're you're accusing the female manager of um, providing sexual favors without saying sexual. You know what I mean? Well, I, I guess I'm just curious as to one of the things. How come Tunney's not in the Hall of Fame? Because they had a falling out, and that's why he, that's why they quietly dropped him oh. in in '95. Uh, oh. Did you know that there was a shoot interview with Liz when she was doing drugs with uh, Lex Luger oh. in 2003? They yeah. asked her, "Did you actually do favors for uh, uh, to Jack Tunney?" I did. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she was going to go, for Christ's sakes, fans. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, she was she was a little strung out at that point. Randy Not... told me to go in and blow her. And it wasn't like the good kind of strung out, like Debbie Mazar in uh, Goodfellas. We're talking no. bad, about to die strung out. Yeah, that was on last night, by the way. We were watching it, and I was like, oh, there she is. <laughs> Pete's fucking sweetheart. My, my, my pinup girl. Mm-hmm. As we as we got Kurt Henning now in the mm-hmm. ring against uh, mm-hmm. David Stoudemire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kurt's Kurt's uh, he's months away from the Sinclair, and instead of the black trunks, he's wearing the blue with the white trim like he wore in the AWA. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't he doesn't really have a program yet. I mean, there's nobody he's really feuding with yet. No. Yeah. So he's probably just going to talk about himself and how good he is at darts, as he should. Which is pretty much the same promo that Bar Chris cuts every time we hang out with him. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. Talking about my favorite subject, me, Mr. Perfect. And I don't have the time and the energy to sit out here and tell you all the different ways I'm perfect. But just ask any of my victims and they'll tell you who is Mr. Perfect. It's all, it's almost like a cocky baby face that he that he's portraying. Mm. A cock of the walk baby face? 
<laughs> oh, stop it with that. It's, I mean, you you could have you could have made him a face from the get go, but I think they I think they, I think they made the right call. But it's so interesting to me, they had enough faith in him to not put him with a manager. Yeah. Doesn't he feel like a perfect guy to go with Heenan? Um, at the beginning, yes. But because they put Rooster with Heenan, they, they probably don't want to confuse the issue and have too many guys there. Mm-hmm. Although you could have worked an angle where he he and Rooster join up with Heenan at the same time and Perfect just continues his, you know, running rough shot over everybody and Rooster struggles and then that way Heenan's like, you know, F, F you, uh, Rooster, I'm replacing you with Lombardi. That, that's yeah. how bad you are. Or, or the two of them join up together, or they, they they both join with Bobby Heenan. Obviously, perfect is perfect, and Rooster is Rooster. And then all of a sudden, you have Heenan drop Rooster for perfect, and then there's your first big feud with, with perfect, is him beating up the Rooster everywhere. True. And then, Except, and then yeah. who does perfect go to? Because perfect, the first, the first person is what, Blazer? Well, at five. Yeah. Yeah. It ta- it takes a while for him to have an actual like feud. He faces Rooster at SummerSlam '89, but that's that's almost a year after this. Yeah, and then and then after that, he's with Genius, and he moves on to Hogan. But he's having he's having house show matches with a wide variety of people, but he ne- he never loses. Some of them is time limit draws, like against Brett, like against yeah. Uh, yeah. when Rick Martel comes back before five. There's Henning versus Martel. Which I can't remember if any of them are on tape, but th- those are matches that I'd love to see. See, I like this now because remember how I was telling you when in his vignettes, he's kind of like a happy-go-lucky, like, "Hey, everybody, yeah. I'm Mr. Perfect." <laughs> like, Maybe Richard Kind should have been his man. Hey, listen, this is Mr. Perfect right here. But you know, he's kind of like all happy. At least now he looks angry and violent and vicious. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he has, to, he has to turn up the heel offense because there can be some confusion just on the basis of his promo. Hey, everybody, I'm Mr. Perfect. <laughs> and then we get generic event center promos here. Mm-hmm. And we get our old hero, uh, the outlaw, Ron Bass. Our old hero. Well, no, I mean, we, we haven't heard from the outlaw in a while because he was in that first match. Yeah. We did, we did that like a month ago now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... It'll be nice to hear him uh, yell at your uh, brother's poker buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you went in. You went in on the flop on a jack, huh? What the hell is wrong with you? I don't know what that was wrong with you. <laughs> oh, are you calling spots again? No, I don't know what the hell was wrong with you. I'm not calling spots. I'm trying to do my own spots. <laughs> I'm trying to get my own shit in. <laughs> I was walking down the streets back home a couple of days ago. This big old long tall cowboy come up to me. He said, Bass, we saw exactly what He looks like he's riding a mechanical bull. Did to you and your hat, Miss Betsy. You know what he deserves? He needs to be taken up behind the bar and given a good old horse whipping. Well, you know something, DK? I agree with you. And a horse whipping is what you're going to get. And right here, I've got Miss Betsy. She's going to be by my side. I've got the Maverick Brothers barking back. And you better believe that it's just getting started, BK. It's going to be you and me. They're going to ring that bastard. I will. You remember the hat? You remember the whip? Get a double handful of revenge. And you better believe that I will, BK. It's time for the outlaw to strike back and I'll strike hard. 
It's really the only time that Ron Bass got to do anything in this company. And, I, you know, I'm not I'm not glowing in press, but he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And we got Duggan up next. He's talking about Dino Bravo. And uh, I have to apologize to you for something. What? Uh, I don't think I addressed this last week. Now, when I was in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago, um, uh, Duggan was making an appearance in downtown oh. Vegas at this place called The Nerd. Mm. Um, I don't know. I guess they do like a lot of like one man shows there. And you you said you said that if I didn't go to that show, I should not bother coming back. <laughs> I <laughs> Which did. I which I thought was a fucking asshole thing to say. Fucking break up my part. Exactly. I, I did. I didn't. And and uh, yeah, it was seventy five bucks. And I have to say, the whole thing kind of kind of slipped my mind. And I I hung out around the uh, South Strip area that oh. night. So apparently, you didn't listen to me. I didn't listen to you. Get the yeah. fuck back on the plane. Go out there and wait for Doug to show up again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stand at the airport with a sign that says Duggan, and I'll Duggan. wait to give him a ride. You know but, what? It wouldn't be very long, I bet you, for word to get back to Duggan that somebody's waiting outside the airport would have would have sign, and he'd probably be like, "Hey, everybody, I'm back!" <laughs> you Where's that guy say. with the sign? Where's that guy with the sign? Maybe maybe I could meet him at that uh, weird store that's in the MGM Grand Underground that's just called America. And it has all these uh, weird patriotic uh, shirts. I'm surprised that's not where he was. What a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I went to enough shows when I was there. I think it was probably like, look, I on Monday, I went to uh, a burlesque show. On Tuesday, I went to a hockey game. On Thursday, I went and saw Elvis. And then Friday, I had like the helicopter uh, tour yeah. that I went on. So, like, I wanted one night off. You do, you did, you did see Elvis. Didn't you say that Elvis was born in the same hospital as you? Yeah, that 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 Elvis was born in the same place as me. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, we bonded about that. Like we talked for a good five to seven minutes. Like I wow. held up, I held up the line. I was starting to feel bad. It's 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 much more impressive than uh, apparently our friend Gruny there uh, when he met he met uh, mankind and he tried to ask Mick Foley a question and Mick Foley's like. He goes, hey, is it true that you left you and Al Snow left uh, <laughs> left Hardcore Holly at the airport to go to a to go to an amusement park? And Mick Foley was like, yeah, next. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right. So, D- Duggan, uh, and, and if I if memory serves, this is kind of a funny promo because he he does uh, he does a he does a bit. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, like always, I always enjoy when Duggan has, Duggan has a bit. Trying to get his bits in, Duggan. Hut, 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 hut. I like the flag. Gives me a chance to march around. Makes me proud to be an American. Makes me want to stand tall. And one thing else, it makes me sick and tired to listen to Dino Bravo come out here and talk bad about the USA. He has Frenchie Martin bouncing around, whispering in his ear, telling him what a great wrestler he is, what a powerful man he is. Well, there's no question about it. Dino Bravo can push a lot of weight around. But weights don't fight back. Hacksaw Jim Duggan does. So, Bravo, when you come on down to the ring and all you hear all through that arena is USA, USA, you better look at that corner because Hacksaw's going to be looking back at you, tough guy. 
So if I had if I had gone to the Duggan thing and I get to ask Duggan a question, I obviously would have asked him something from this time period. And it probably would have been along the lines of wasn't Bravo an easy guy to work with just on the basis of like, all you got to do is do your America thing. And, mm. and and Bravo does his thing. Yeah. I mean, it's you, you're not there to, you know, do suicide dives to the floor. You're, you're there to be the American Patriot guy. And Bravo's a nice guy to uh, yeah. play off against. Yeah, I'm sure. And there's Warrior. <laughs> against uh, the great Barry Horowitz. Only one of these guys would be on Survivor Series 95. Ding. Oh, no, we're not dinging that. Oh. It's a good Survivor Series, though. It's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. Warrior does the DiBiase Sawyer Power Slam and only gets a one and a half because, mm. uh, yeah. So, I mean. It's uh, a has, match. Has Warrior reached the point like Duggan on, on, on the solo show where we just run out of shit to say about him? Uh, no. I mean, I could always talk about how much of a piece of shit he is, though. I mean, that, that never gets old. Well, you know that, like, the anniversary of his death is, like, nah, it's either him. today or tomorrow. Fuck, <laughs> fuck him. him in the air. Fuck him in the air. Who gives a shit? I'm sorry. I, I can't. I'm not getting behind the fucking Ultimate Warrior. I'm not. I, I refuse to. This guy was a fucking human waste of space for how many years? And now all of a sudden we're supposed to... Look, I don't buy into that whole bullshit of you're going to be nice to people once they die. Fuck that. I hope that after I die, if people had a problem with me while I'm alive, they have a problem with me after I die. I really do. I hope that at my funeral there's at least one person who's over there going, you know, he was a fucking piece of shit. He was a fat piece of shit. I don't give a shit what people say about him. I'm sorry. It's true, though. Why do I have to all that piece of shit? Well, but why do I listen, Phil? I got to know. Why do I have to be nice to somebody after they die? That's not that's not how it goes. I never had a problem with Keithy doing an impersonation of me on the podcast. I mean, well, granted, his voice for the, for me would leave a lot to be desired. But Barb and I, we always had a good laugh about it. On, when sure. Listening to GFA live going Absolutely. from going to the convention circuit. How excited would you be if you found out that, like, they actually listened to the show? Like, imagine if you bumped in and saw Warlord and he was like, oh, my God, you guys are the guys from GFA Live. And you will. Like, <laughs> if if Warlord listened to this show, I would be over the moon about it. And they'd be like, this guy is doing an impersonation of me as literally like the nicest human being on the planet. <laughs> but that's the point is if there is. I have nothing to say otherwise. I'm sorry. I have nothing to say otherwise that says that the warlord is not the nicest human being on the planet. Does anybody have anything other than that? I don't think so. I mean, there are other nice guys that people might speak up for. But I think the point is that warlord was a, was a genuinely nice guy. He was a sweetheart. Yeah. 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 I don't think he ever. I don't think he ever upset anybody. He was a nice. He was a. He was a nice man. And congratulations, we made it through the Warrior match, and he held the belt upside down mm, <laughs> to the hard a, camera. He's such a fucking moron. Back to NXT with you. <laughs> oh, oh, we got a third event center. This must be the one that I missed when we were screening it. Before Back to NXT. <laughs> Mooney's tie is very skinny. Mm. You know what it is? I think I've been watching too much Barney Miller lately. Those dudes wore, like, thick-ass ties. Yeah. 
And we got T- Tito Santana. Hey, Chico. Yeah. Chico's the word. Yeah. I, I love Tito, but honestly, it, it, and some of his promos are good, but the, he, he was never really that good in the event center. I think he needed an interviewer to play off of. Mm-hmm. Like what, when they would do Gene in front of the big WWF logo, Tito is a little bit better uh, d- doing that than, you know, just talking extemporaneously for 45 seconds. I agree. It's a fucking Marine. All right. I can't remember if this is the promo where Tito calls out a bunch of guys and includes Valentine as, oh. a, sign, as a sign of respect. I thought I was going to say you weren't sure if this is the one where he says mama said knock you out. <laughs> Highly unlikely. Yes. <laughs> the song you know, professional, yet. <laughs> professional wrestling just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I'm glad to be part of it. But I don't I don't think it's very nice to deal with some of the individuals that we have to wrestle up against. The likes of you, Bet News Brown, the likes of the one, big man, the boss man, the likes of Akeem and their managers, they're all low lives. They all like to stab people in the back. They all like to hurt people. But when it comes down to just coming out there and wrestling and having a good match for the fans, they don't know how to do that. Mm. Well, I'm issuing a challenge to any of you guys breaking the rules, do whatever you want to do. I want to meet the likes of you in the ring. And <laughs> frente a toda la gente que me está escuchando, yo sigo representando a ustedes. All right, easy, though. <laughs> in English, please. Easy, easy, yeah. He wants to make his way to the top. The Hart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Hart, and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. No love lost between them and the fabulous Rougeau brothers standing by with Jimmy Hart. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Jock smugly preening. Smugly, smugly. <laughs> Look at him smug. I have to admit, adding the little American flags to oh. it, it, it made the bit a lot better. Oh, hello, Jimmy. <laughs> what are we doing, Jimmy? Although it is very confusing that they're that they're doing. Well, we're moving to the United States, and we love America. We're gonna keep all our flirtily shit. <laughs> and Jimmy's Jimmy. Jimmy's like, look, I'm not getting a flirt or lead jacket unless you promise me I can manage Bravo at some point in the future. They're all American boys. <laughs> Heart Foundation, I've told you time and time again, baby, you will never, ever get back to the top of the World Wrestling Federation again if I have anything to do with it. You know, that's the best thing that happened to us, Jimmy. We got to tell all our supporting fans that you are definitely the greatest thing that happened oh, to the no, fabulous no. Russo brothers. And Hearts. I'm sorry to tell you, but you've been losing every match since you lost Jimmy Hart as your manager, and it's going to cost you a lot more than that. You know what, Hart Foundation? As you've noticed, we've been keeping a pretty good eye out on you guys, even when you're not wrestling us. But now you are going to be wrestling the fabulous Russo brothers. Jimmy's told us all of your weak spots. Oh, and boy. Yeah. Two little strong spots. So, so there's Come no on. the world you're going to beat the fabulous Russo brothers. Jimmy Hart told us all of your weak spots, and we all know that if we hit the anvil with the hitman, there's going to be a weak spot somewhere. I I had forgotten about that. I should have been more prepared. (laughs) I never realized, actually, you know what? I never thought of that. If they just hit the anvil with the hitman, they could have caused a weak spot in the Hart Foundation. Oh, there's the, there's the Savage commercial again, where he's you got all the video panels to the side. Listen, everybody knows 
Bruce and gives you the greatest wrestling moves of all time. So go ahead, jump into the ring. And this your WrestleMania game? Yep. You can win. Boom. Yeah. Nice of Savage to let that kid hold the belt. Well, you know, Savage wasn't afraid to lose the championship to some kid. Mm. <laughs> well, what if the kid started? I mean, he looked like he might be going through puberty. What if he uh, involuntarily developed an erection looking at Liz? <laughs> I mean, when you're 13 years old, those things could happen. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. And here comes the uh, Joseph Stalin of 1991 WCW, uh, ravishing Rick Rude. <laughs> oh, wait, we talked about that off air, so that makes no sense to anybody who just heard that. <laughs> so good oh all right we got our intro here so we're we're in baltimore maryland and we all know that rick rude likes alliteration Mm -hmm. tell me what would rick rude like to have right now um all right what i'd like to have right now is for all of you fat ugly baltimore I want to say like um, bulldogs or Baltimore beasts or Baltimore. Um, what's the thing that a pig is when it's like? No, that's warthog. Um, I'm gonna fucking, say. Are you fucking kidding me? It's right in front of you. Come on, huh? What? You, <laughs> alliteration. Baltimore. <sighs> Name a clown from the '60s. Bozos. Okay, Baltimore Bozos. All right, that sounds good. Yeah, but he usually likes to say something about, like, an animal. You know, like, Baltimore, you know, like, yeah, Baltimore. All right, Baltimore Bozos. Okay. That's like, I have to fucking direct you. We're like, you're like, the Baltimore Meerkats. Like, what is this, a fucking indoor lacrosse league team? All right, stop it. People like it when I scream at you. So I know, apparently. I, Jesus. I, I have to incorporate that every so often. What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, ugly Baltimore bozos. Oh, you are right. Keep the noise. Well, I mean, I did cover this show before. So. Oh, yeah. But it was three and a half years ago. You expect me to remember that? Well, I, apparently was... you fucking did. Yelling at me like I'm some kind of a fucking ham and egger. <laughs> no, no. You're a schmuck on wheels. What am I, a schmuck on wheels? Yeah, you are a schmuck on wheels. It's a fucking nickname. Yeah. You know what? You keep this up, and there might be a fucking turn coming soon. Oh, you're, you're not going to drive me around Philly next year? <laughs> Imagine uh, if I did a heel turn on you. I don't know. Maybe I won't Maybe I won't go to Philly next you're year. You're going because... to Philly. Shut the fuck up. I'm picking you up, and we're going. You and I are driving to Philadelphia, and we're going to stop in Baltimore, and we're going to go to this fucking Baltimore arena where we can talk about being a Baltimore bozo. Don't give me that shit. You're going to Philly. And if you have a fucking problem with it, I'm going to talk to your wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's very supportive of uh, my professional wrestling habit. <laughs> she's really support. Fuck that. She's really supportive of me. <laughs> we all know she doesn't like me. <laughs> look at... look. I, it, Rude, once again, is wearing the hands up the leg uh, thing, and the mm-hmm. thumb, the thumbs are right on the, uh, yeah. Oh. 
as opposed to old ass play Cheryl. Yeah. Well, Rude's now got. He's done with Jake. Cuck. He's done with Jake, so he's got to move on to something else. And what's the natural feud for Rick Rude? Oh, I think we know. Of course, of course, it's Warrior, but I don't think he's going to address that quite yet. Because we'll we'll get to that in the build to Rumble. Your prayers have been answered. From now on, in each and every town I wrestle, I'm going to choose one special lady for a rude awakening. Very nice of Rude to let us know that he's going to continue to do the shit he's been doing for seven months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not 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 much of a change there, Ricky. <laughs> yeah. So actually, who does? All right. So in between, in between this and um. When he starts with the Warrior at the Rumble, who does he face at the house shows, you think? Hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure it might be somebody along the lines of Coco, where, all right, a guy, a guy that he can just beat around the horn, and it, it won't really matter. Keep Rude strong. All right, so let me see if I can find this. Because I'm actually interested. This is kind of interesting. I mean, yeah, these these kind of intervals where a guy isn't in a feud, but you you, you want to prep him for something bigger going forward. So you're not going to have him lose on a bunch of on a bunch of house shows. Lucky lady, happy you know, McMahon, here's why I think he's an irritant. Because you cannot stand out there and do what he's going to do. I know. I, I know what you're. I know what you're laughing about, and um, no, 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 no. All right, what am I laughing about? Uh, who does Rude face for a lot of December on house shows? Oh, I'll did t- you look it up? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell you who. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you go? You went and looked it up. I hope. Yeah, uh, early early December, he's facing uh, Hillbilly Jim on house shows out and a in the matches against Savage, which is kind of cool. In in the Midwest, he, 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 I don't know if the company was off for like the you know week before Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, you know, he had a match with Tito in Syracuse day after Christmas. Yep. Uh, he loses to Beefcake, which uh, it has Hogan's a whiff of Hogan all over it. <laughs> And and then then you get into '89, and the, the the TV program has started in earnest at that point, where um, where where it's Rude Warrior. Although Rude, Rude's facing Tito in uh, early early February, yeah. and then and then he moves on to Beefcake later in the month, and then mm-hmm. then he's then he's working tags with Andre against Jake and the Ultimate Warrior in early March. Yeah, that's an interesting tag team. Let's revisit that in a couple of years. <laughs> All right, well, Rude's got to do the Rude Awakening. Come on national television. right now. All the rest of you female humanoids, eat your heart out. What's weird is she's wearing a pair of uh, Dave Meltzer Jordash jeans. <laughs> Dave Meltzer. Oh. Still talking about Cheryl, though. 
Well, you got to do that for the live audience because it's still October. When I mean, oh, yeah, this, that's right. the, the Jake Rude Saturday Night's Main Event oh, match that aired at the end of October was on the same taping. Yes. But this is airing November 26th. <laughs> yeah, so we just get replays of uh, of the of the Rude Awakening. Not not well. I guess now we get the kiss. At the the real Rude Awakening. And now it's time for the whatever happened there segment, which I don't even know what this is gonna be. I mean, maybe on the Survivor Series. Oh right, I remember what I remember how they do the update here. Oh, okay. They kind of talk about Survivor Series, but since they can't show the footage, it's it's a very weird segment. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Hi, good everybody. I'm Gene Okerlund. The Survivor oh, hi, Series this past Thanksgiving is now history, but still a lot to be talked about in regards to that big event. One of the most inscrutable managers in all of the World Wrestling Federation becoming even more inscrutable. No way, Mr. Fuji, longtime manager for Axe and Smash Demolition, the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions. Oh. The shootout coming as part of the Survivor Series, and in the end, it was Mr. <sighs> Fuji who was the manager for, get this, the powers of pain. Get this <laughs> shit. Oh, oh, good. We get promos. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I never had a problem with shooting these promos before the turn actually happened <laughs> i didn't have a problem with it even though i didn't know his makeup was going to match up so well with oz <laughs> but it's good you know actually you know what if i could tell a quick story about mr fuji i just want to tell a story real quick um there was one time i remember barb and i were in uh we were in um Tupelo, mississippi and uh, we were getting ready to go to the to the Cow Palace in Tupelo, Mississippi. Different named Cow Palace. I mean, this one literally was a Cow Palace. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, we were there, and we were wrestling the Rockers. And Fuji came in, and his eye makeup was a little off. It was a little askew. And we kept saying to him, what happened, Fuji? What happened? And he said, well, you know, I was up in New Jersey, and I was driving in my automobile, having an ice cream cone. And a mob boss hit me, and he caused me to smear the ice cream cone all over my face. And, of course, the seat was askew. And so then my makeup became askew. And I said, geez, Fuji, is there anything we can do to help you? And he said, no way, Gene, which I thought was really funny. Because my name's not Gene, it's Terry. <laughs> no way, Gene! <laughs> he, call, he calls him War and Barb. <laughs> War yeah. and Barb. Barb. Well, I mean, we did get to hear from uh, War and Barb at the, at the actual event. No. But yeah, I guess Fuji's going to do a lot of the talking now. Mm. Any bets? <laughs> No, um, I don't think he's going to say, let me tell you, as okay. the last thing. But, All right, okay. Uh, or he may say cross-double, though. <laughs> cross-double. Uh, you cross-double. Yes! <laughs> you know, this is kind of unfair, because maybe I do have a distinct memory of this show that's, well, that's stronger than others. Well, considering that uh, you know what the fucking score of the uh, Tennessee Titans versus... Uh, you know, Carolina Panthers game was from uh, November of 2007. Pretty sure that you'd know you would remember this. Tennessee didn't play Carolina in 07. <laughs> Actually, I should probably look that up. 
Master Fuji, you think you're very smart. But remember, I am the one that got you the belt. And I have the real big man here that will do the job and listen to the master. What I want them to do is to cripple and hurt you. Ah, oh, fuck. Tennessee did play Carolina in 07. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Get out. Uh, 20 to 7. Tennessee defeated Carolina. See? How dare you? In my own house. <laughs> yeah, Vince Young had a three yard touchdown run. Oh. Talk about a name from out of the past. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, we get Axis Smash solo. Axis and Smashivus. And, you know, the, re- the reason why this works so well is because those two guys could just talk on their own and, and everything everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're two distinct promos. They each have their own way of doing things, especially Smash. I mean, uh, Bar- Barry Darso, no matter what character he was in, he kind of had a, a certain routine for these things. Yep. Which I, which I think you have to do because you have to do so many of them that, like, all right, you know... The, don't don't tax yourself trying to come up with new shit every time. Yeah. Powers of pain and foods, this dude. Yeah, you got a couple of big men, and they've had a lot of matches, but they've never gone through a war. They've never been able to survive a war. Fuji, you know we have. We stand here, the world tag team champions. At the end of this war, we're still going to be champions. Hmm. Okay. Interesting comments, nonetheless. <laughs> Whoever did this video, it's interesting because it, it we're, we randomly get like 10 seconds of a commercial, and then it just cuts away. Mm. And now it's time for our feature bout here. Oh, here we go. I can't believe Fuji, like a new car, he trades one model in for what he feels is a bigger and better model, I guess. Haku, King Haku has a bunch of dudes coming down with him. He's got Heenan, he's got Virgil, and he's got DiBiase. Looks like he's got his own, uh, could you say, his king's court? Mm-hmm. Hey, DiBiase know how to pick his allies. I mean, he had Andre earlier in the year. He's got... Yeah, I mean, DiBiase had a thing with the Colossal Connection, apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, we always know that DiBiase was always good at seeking out talent until he became his own manager, you know. Well, he was fucking terrible. You know what DiBiase is like? He's like one of those baseball players who is really good as a Mm. player, Mm -hmm. and then he becomes a manager, and he's fucking terrible. Mm. First example that comes to mind is uh, is Maury Wills. Oh, I thought you were going to say Aaron Boone. Well, because you, you went on that extended Aaron Boone rant last week. I was I was shocked yesterday that the Yankees lost to the Orioles and Aaron Boone was not ejected, probably because the plate umpire had it in for the Orioles from the first fucking batter of the game where fucking Dean Kramer has to throw five goddamn strikes like in order to get anywhere. I'm, I'm pretty sure that umpire favored the Yankees by at least one expected run. Mm. All right. Heenan's going to talk here. Hercules' music's all different again. 
Well, I don't like that we didn't even get to fucking show respect. Well, you can show respect at home. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nobody's Next. stopping you. You think there was some kids out there who were like, yeah, fuck it, and they got down on, like, one knee? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, hey, get down. Yeah. But uh, to close the book on that umpire, uh, yeah, uh, Chad Whitson, uh, whose name's a little too close to mine, uh, overall favoritism, plus 1.17 runs for the Yankees. Yeah. Oh, and we get a DBSC inset promo. Uh, and they managed to squeeze Virgil into frame, too. Very nice of them. Where you go, what you do, or who you climbing that ring with, the bottom line is you're bought, you're paid for, you belong to me. You, Hercules, are the slave of the Million Dollar Man. <laughs> Again, it's so bizarre that he's ranting about slavery in front of Virgil like buddy know your audience now I think I think Virgil's like look I'm getting a check for this oh Fine. so Virgil was okay oh so Virgil's like one of those kinds of slaves no he's a bodyguard he's a hired bodyguard yeah but he's like okay with Teddy Biasi owning somebody else because he's getting paid that's the worst kind well oh. It, it took it took Virgil a few years to become upset with his position in life. Yeah, as he should have been. Yeah. I mean, you know. Please please note that Haku is wearing slightly different tights than he did at Deng. He doesn't have the little white crown thing as like a. This isn't filmed the day that this wasn't filmed at the show when uh, Duggan defeats him, right? Well, that's that's like six months after this. Oh, good, thank God. Yeah. God, I, I'm reading this umpire scorecard from that game, and it's just fucking infuriating. Like, the the top three impactful missed calls all all favored the Yankees. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, so you think so? You think this umpire is definitely on the take, like Tunney? No, every every single umpire favors the Yankees. I, I've I've noticed that over time, which is why Aaron Boone complaining about ball strike calls is fucking hilarious. It's like your team your team gets more fucking favoritism than anybody, mm. and the Orioles are always bottom five in terms of in terms of favoritism. Oh, oh, I thought we were going to do the same finish as WrestleMania five there. <laughs> the fucking oh, and Hercules loses his fucking mind here. He just turns around, grabs his chain, and hits Haku in the face with it, with the referee looking right at it. Well, he's had <laughs> enough. Yeah. And he's got, he's going to chase uh, DiBiase and Virgil to the back. I mean, this whole thing is just to continue D- Hercules and DiBiase. I have had enough of this. <laughs> Haku picking up a win on the feature bout here on um, here on Superstars. Well, that just I am the king. Yeah, that just. <laughs> Well, thankfully, it just pisses me off that it had to be via disqualification. I didn't like that. I'm just glad Haku didn't have to blade. <laughs> he's not like he's not like Billy Jack Haynes at three. You know how it went down. I do know how it went down at three. A tree. Tree. <laughs> tree. A couple tree. A couple tree times. Billy, Billy, Billy Jack Haynes. God rest his soul. Oh, wait. Billy. Billy Jerkings. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
He's not fucking dead. Oh, he's not? No. I thought he was. Oh, it's that Stetson commercial. Oh, and then it cut away. <laughs> it's very important that we get to this fucking young stallions, man. Somebody who gets very excited for uh, <laughs> for Stetson commercials. <laughs> no, it's it's that. And I want to say hi to that nice smelling dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like on the radio. <laughs> totally unprofessional. Why is that guy's name Max McGiver? It should be Max MacGyver. Max McGiver. <laughs> McGiver. What kind of a name is that? What kind of a likeness is that? And now this is the most fucked up part of the whole Saturday Night's main event banner, which we're going to lose on the next Superstars, thankfully, mm-hmm. is... The Young Stallions are in a match against another, against, I mean, yeah, the Young Stallions are not an enhancement team, but they're facing an enhancement team, and the Saturday Night's Main Event banner is so weird being there. Right, it'd be one thing if it was the feature bout, because at least then you're like, okay. I just like that during this entire taping, they just didn't give a fuck. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm going to chalk it up to the Maryland State Athletic Commission because they were fucking around with a lot of shit in 88. Oh, you think so? With the the two wrestling companies. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Fuck it. Fuck it up the bash main event. And then this. Uh, Good news for you, though, and for all of us, is that not only do we get the Brain Busters in the inset promo here, but we're going to hear from them in the event center shortly. Oh, I suggest you guys find yourself another career. This is all over. <laughs> you guys want to be big stars in professional wrestling in the WWF? You're looking at the measuring stick. Two individuals both working at their own means. The name of the game, two individuals working collectively. That's it. Oh, it's so nice to have Arn back in my life talking again after he's uh, in that cage in row four. <laughs> Wasn't allowed to speak. They, they, they sprung his ass out of there. Mm-hmm. Isn't it weird seeing the Young Stallions in, in a match here? Please tell me that's the fucking finish. No, we're, we're going to have the enhancement guy kick out of something. <laughs> I mean, this is what happens when you have a jobber tag team on television. Yeah. yeah. Although, nice missile drop kick from Roma. One, two, three. Okay. So they were doing the move where uh, Powers holds the guy up like like the Rougeos would do for the Rougeau bomb. Yeah. And uh, Roma with, comes off after a blind tag with the uh, missile drop kick. And, and he I, did that pretty well. I just realized that Paul Roma was in a tag team called Power and Glory. And his previous tag team, he was in a team with a guy named Power. <laughs> Yeah, and he was not he was definitely glory, right? Yeah. So I guess I guess that's pretty interesting that that Paul Roma has always been glory in all mm-hmm. the tag teams that he's in. I except suppose. the one with Arn, except the one with Arn. Cuz there's nobody nobody more glorious than Arn. Yeah. Now Now here's here's the boss man. Did you see the thing about the guy getting thrown out of yes. WrestleMania? How awesome is that? <laughs> All right. So for those of you who missed it, there was a guy who got thrown out of WrestleMania for impersonating a cop because he cosplayed as the big boss man. <laughs> so uh, so really my cool. suggestion for everybody is if you're going to do if you're going to cosplay a law enforcement officer, you have to go as the Mountie. <laughs> The only thing that would have made it better is if he was dressed up as like a, the guardian angel <laughs> or the boss. Man, is he big. 
Yeah, or how, uh, how terrible is that? <laughs> he should have gone as the boss attitude era boss man. <laughs> attitude era boss man is not that much of a departure from the shield. No. It's so funny how Roman Reigns' career uh, took off the second he took off the catcher's chest protector. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I wonder... people, have been, people have been saying that for years, though. They were saying that for years. They were like, why doesn't he stop being a fucking shield person? I think like... that they were concerned that he was going to get fat or something. <sighs> I guess. I wonder if the same thing could have happened for D'Lo Brown if, if that draws uh, business didn't happen. Uh, highly unlikely, Jess. Yeah. Which, by the way, was not his fault. I mean, he fucking slipped on a slick spot in the ring. No, it's not his fault. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I mean, not that I want to say anything poorly about about draws, but I, I mean, are a lot of people crying about draws these days? I don't know. Well, I mean, look, it, it, you you feel bad because of what happened to the guy. I mean, yeah, why, I, yeah. I feel bad. Yeah. Speaking of slick spots, there's Slick. <laughs> I One of the favorites here. No, he's not one of the favorites. We all know one of the favorites. Do we ever figure out if Hillbilly Joe is one of the favorites or one of the favorites for just the Battle Royal? I say he's one of the favorites. You mean favored to win? No, no, just favorites. Like, he's one of the favorites, like the fan favorites. That That's what I've always assumed that he meant. Oh, Although okay, Gor- Gorilla loved his gambling. <laughs> Gorilla Gorilla's going to give a line on this on this battle royal. <laughs> Bad news is a minus 150 favorite. Bad news. The, Bad smart, news. the smart bet in WrestleMania battle royals is always, always bet Bret Hart to be the last guy eliminated. You would have yes. hit it at two and four. Mm-hmm. That's a smart bet. Mm. You know how it went down. Yes. Put out the lights, the party's over. Well, this one's going on a little bit longer than I thought it would. Oh, now he's going to finish it. And by the way, David Isley, his opponent, also appearing on... Um, WCW slash Crockett Television. Golden era, everybody. All right, then. Unfortunately, there wasn't anybody who appeared on both this show and the TBS show from last week, I don't think. so. If you ever take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia. Do we know if the spike appeared on both? <laughs> Highly unlikely, Jess. Oh. Cobb County, Georgia. Good time. Good time. Boss man with the nightstick. Good, Good time. time. Yes. That's, that's what you call a callback. Yes, it is. Oh, <laughs> that's what you call a callback in the uh, in the in the in the podcasting industry. <laughs> Good times. Welcome back to the event center. What an hour this has been. What about yeah, action smash of demolition? Well, what about uh, those of us who spend two hours to cover a one-hour show? Yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Mooney, Mooney's just not thinking about us, is he? No. And we, uh, oh. here's here's the Brainbusters promo as, as okay. promised. Arn has been Arn has been freed, and uh, when you have Heen and Arn and Telly, you know all three of them are going to talk because they're all good talkers. Every one mm-hmm. of them. I mean, it's glorious. 
You know, all my career I've been searching, searching for the right tag team, searching for the right combination, not to put this guy with this guy or this guy with this guy, to find two men that I can make champions of and can make me managers of the champions. I found it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. I got I to gotta take issue with one thing, and there's certain one certain guy who would take issue with Heenan's comments. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what, with the Islanders, what, we chopped liver over here? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to talk poorly about, about the Islanders, but, I mean, you know, there was one big flaw in the Islanders, and that would have been uh, that, you know, Haku wasn't king yet, you know? Well, he had to give up his kingdom once Harley Race came along. Yeah. Uh, back back in the day, which is also Heenan's fault. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, regretfully, you know, the Islanders were a fun team and all, but I'm sorry, aren't aren't is an upgrade on pretty much everybody. I mean, Barb and I, Barb and I didn't have a problem with anybody, but Barb had a problem with uh, Bobby Heenan. Oh. <laughs> Barbarian also didn't like Flair either, as I understand it. <laughs> He's not a hairdresser on his day off, you know. He didn't like me, and I managed him. Well, Bobby, we promised that. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard are born to be champions. We're destined to be champions. You know, you've got the strength of a gorilla right here, and you've got the speed and the quickness of a cat right here. You've got the best of both worlds. That's what the Brain Busters are all about. Great teams are two individuals that think separately and work collectively towards one single goal. If I got to sacrifice him, sacrifice myself, that's what we'll do because we're going to reach his eventual end. Oh, my God, Arn. You, you are... You magnificent bastard. <sighs> God. I mean, <laughs> I can't find the drop that I really wanted, but... Uh... Gets me aroused. No. Oh. Sorry, I meant roused. No, no I, did I mean? I meant aroused. Aroused. No, I meant aroused. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. Try, I needed to find the uh, drop. I was like, feel my dick right now. I am rock hard for you, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I mean, Arn. Uh, look, Arn, Arn, Arn's doing the promos in Techwood Studios for years as a member of the Horsemen, and he's awesome there, and he's awesome in these event centers too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. oh, it's amazing. We get to hear from the hearts now, too. The newest additions to the Heenan family. Yeah. Technically, they are the newest additions because they came a week after uh, Cockadoodle Doom Man. Earlier in the hour, we heard from the fabulous Rougeau brothers. Now let's hear from a tag team who's gunning for them at the Heart Foundation. All right. Oh, Brett's got his sunglasses on, so you know he's a little nervous. You know he means business. Yeah. Uh,. It, it, he's, his head's covering the O, so it looks like it's the Heart Foundation. <laughs> the Heart Foundation. <laughs> lots of lots of fun. Yeah. These guys. Tons of fun. Mm. Well, the Heart Foundation is finally going to get its chance to get in the squared circle with the fabulous Ragu brothers, Jacques <laughs> and Raymond. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now that I think you two are the two of the most awful, rotten, slimy pukes that I've ever seen in my whole life and I can't wait. I can't wait to get in the ring and he's settling right in the middle easy of Easy hit, man. Easy, baby. Take it easy. You know, the Rougeos are from Montreal, but now all of a sudden, they don't like Montreal. It's no good. Stacey Bone, it's all, it's, it's no good. They want to come to a town in the United States. They want to come to Los Angeles. They want to go to New York. <laughs> Rougeos, 
Nobody wants you. <laughs> You'll never find a home in the United States. <laughs> but we're looking forward to seeing you. <laughs> Brought the hitman heart. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I I always uh, have enjoyed whenever they do the promo where Brett gets too animated and Anvil has to do the Barney Miller. Hey, take it easy, take it easy. <laughs> I, I, know, I know I bring up Barney Miller way too much, but watch Barney Miller. He says take it easy in, like, every episode. You you think he was an honorary member of the Eagles. <laughs> Who's that? Did you see the Nesson logo appear on the screen there for a second? <laughs> look, at this, look at this Andre face. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Andre face was like, the, oh, Mr. DiBiase, the Wild 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 Wrestling Federation Championship. And I will enjoy it, Hogan. Yeah, that, that's will enjoy it, Hogan. I have to see that Nesson thing again. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where, what, what? Okay, so Superstars thing. <clears throat> and then. That's definitely Nesson. Yeah, there's a Nesson logo <laughs> in the number 410. What the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's very strange. What the fuck? What, what is, I mean, look, I don't want to spend 45 minutes. We, on, I think on we need to. Well, actually, the funniest part about this yes. is there's the number 410 above Nesson there. Yeah. And uh, what's the area code for Baltimore where this show is taped? <laughs> 410. Hi-oh! <laughs> we shall have highlights of the World Wrestling Federation title matchup taking place this weekend. The Macho Man, Randy Savage versus Andre the Giant. Go baby boy. Quick to join us will be ravishing Rick Rude, along with the tag team combination of the Hart Foundation. Akeem will be here. Brutus the Barber Beefcake will join us. Look at this fucking land. Oh, we get highlights of the Demolition Powers of Pain. Maybe they can edit it to make it make sense. Oh, we get a Savage promo and Andre. Nice. Well, Andre's looking slim there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that 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 spandex is doing work. <laughs> that back brace is doing wonders for him. Yeah, the, the 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 back brace at three that was like squeezing. Yeah. Enjoy yourself, Mr. Macho Man and the First Lady, because this weekend your championship belongs here. Remember that, Andre Savage. This weekend, the bell will be wide my way. And lovely first lady of wrestling, what are you going to do? You're going to be out of work. Yeah, this weekend. Andre the Giant, seven foot five inches tall, 550 pounds. He ain't one the world, yeah. You got a chance at the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. Liz looked like she was wearing like like workout gear. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was the style at the time. Liz was training with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I tied an onion to the world title belt, which was the style at the time. It was. It Wouldn't put it past Savage to tie a fucking onion to his belt. I like it when the styles of the time are ruling the macho man. <laughs> well, I th- I feel that was a very good episode of Superstars. Oh yeah, that's a yeah. I mean, it almost felt like it was a sweeps week one. 
That's because, that's because it was. Oh shit! <laughs> it's oh. November. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. So February, February, May, and November are the other times. Yeah. I felt like we almost got almost got a legitimate uh, feature bout. Almost. Oh no, we did. We got a match for a while, and then Hercules went insane. <laughs> <laughs> that all right. Can can I just say that was a funny finish because Hercules was just like fuck this shit. He grabs a chain and hits him right in the middle of the ring. He felt she fell funny. <laughs> oh, oh, are you bringing up Tracy? Or no. Is that, oh, okay. No, no, it's it's from uh, it's from Departed. It's at the very beginning when they're showing like the montage of uh, Jack Nicholson being like a a mob guy, and I think it's when he shoots um. I think it's when he shoots DiCaprio's uncle, because doesn't DiCaprio's uncle get killed by Frank? And then he, and then it's like him and a girl, and it, he goes, "She fell funny," and it was an ad lib by Nicholson. And then they just ended up leaving it in the movie. Well, I don't. Um, Not Tracy. I would never bring up Tracy. I don't. I don't know how to say this, but I've never seen The Departed. Oh. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Yeah. Well, that sounds like that's that might be the next mom movie we have to watch. Well, now now that I have a nice new deck behind my house and kind of a a good setup, I I could set up my TV out there and watch that via streaming. You know, if it ever get, gets above fucking forty eight degrees here. Well, not right now. Yeah, it was, it, I woke up this morning and I, I saw how sunny it was out, and I was like, oh, what a glorious day. And then I looked at my phone, twenty nine degrees. And then when you looked outside, what did the uh, outside temperature say when you thought it was this nice sunny day? Nope. Down a couple. Nope. Go up. Go up. Nope. Up a little. Up above. One more. Nope. Go. Nope. Down. 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 Right up one. Right there. What did it yeah. say? You want to go outside? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I didn't know what you were feeding me there. <laughs> Calling spots. <laughs> <laughs> Duck two. <laughs> yeah well you know we we have some options as to what we could do next time one last thing why do you think that what what, do you, what could possibly be wrong with why it's still cold outside this could be somebody could be involved with it well oh you you think you think he's in global warming no maybe Hulk Hogan's got something to do with this i say that there's absolutely uh well now that i think about it the guy he's so orange he he wants he wants natural sunlight. He, he spent too much time in tanning boots. Uh, life, so you know, you know you know what I love about that clip that you have is it's so crystal clear. It's like it's like Savage, Savage put his hands out to both Piper and Vince and was like, "Shh, I got a gem right now." <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold, hold up. The phone. I got a joke that everyone's gonna laugh about thirty years from now. Thirty years right. from now. Randy Savage saying maybe Hulk Hogan's got something to do with this about the tugboat heel turn. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the great moments uh, in the history of our sport. Yep. <laughs> but it's such a good line that like no one said anything, <laughs> and Vince Vince let him do it, and then after he finished this, he, he ended it, and then he goes, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I think that was pretty much I, that. Probably marked the end of Randy Savage as like the tweener character. Oh that, yeah, cause it, yeah, very, yeah, cause yeah, cause it, that's 
that's before he proposes to Liz, right? Three, three weeks before he proposes to Liz. Yeah. yeah, like the proposing to Liz is the is definitely the the turn. Yeah, yeah, he 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 can't be he can't be a tweener no, no. more, which no. is kind of sad because I I liked him more as a tweener announcer than he was as like a full on. Hey, the most interesting Lex Luger had ever been was that brief period where he was a heel, but he was still teaming with Sting. And as as they're walking down the aisle and he's, you know, Sting's in front of him and he's healing it up to the crowd. And then when Sting turns around, he's like, oh, hey, hey, everybody. That's he's the like, most... I got to get into Lex Express mode if Sting turns his head. It's, it's the most interesting Lex Luger has ever been. <laughs> um, well, supposedly Luger had that tweet. That was like uh, somebody somebody tweeted out, "What's the most upset wrestling has ever made you?" And and, and Luger quote tweeted and was like, "SummerSlam '93." <laughs> the best. But I'm glad Lex still has his sense of humor after sure. uh, after the business fucking chewed him up and spit him out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Do we put Luger in the Hall of Fame next year? Uh, I'm sorry, no. no. Uh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that's never going to happen. I mean, didn't they do that uh, that documentary on Luger for the network around the time that it switched over to Peacock, and then they never put it on the network? Yeah. You you remember that? Oh my mm-hmm. god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I would watch it. I just find it uh, find it a little weird. Right? I mean, it's literally it's it's you're right. There isn't there is not a guy that the industry has chewed up and spit out more than Lex Luger. Like that poor son of a bitch. He was like so over in NWA and Flair never wanted to fucking give him the championship. Like it's just. Uh, I I, th- I think that there might be some other guys that uh, we're not. The yeah. Guys, right? Well, maybe. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No. Anyway. We got down, we got up, we got funky and we got bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you know, Philly, that, that was, that was the, Cal Rudman's uh, home base back in the day. So mm. maybe, maybe if we if we go there, and I say if because you know, you know things could happen in life that perhaps we could do some sort of Cal tribute. Maybe uh, maybe we could do a wreath laying ceremony or something. I was gonna say maybe you and I should dress up as Cal. <laughs> like we could do a costume change mid. Like we should show up to the because I think what's gonna happen is we're all gonna tailgate. And I think we should show up to the tailgating as Cal, but then immediately leave and turn into Sid and um, uh, Bruno. I th- I think the way to do it is is we could cosplay as um, you be Cal and I'll be like Tony Greer or, mm. or, or Tony Atlas. Somebody named Tony. And uh, we, we could do like a uh, – we could reenact the, the awkward interview between uh, – you know, to, between Cal Rudman and, and either of those guys, I know, I know, I had this video somewhere. I, I, I guess I would say go with Tony Gurria because I don't want you to get, you know, canceled for going blackface. Uh, well, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would be doing that. Sorry, okay. that's 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 absolutely not oh, happening. You could do that. <laughs> well, there, there's there's an well, it's a six minute interview with uh, those guys, but there's a. Yeah, the that sound clip, as I've pointed out, is from uh, Cal Rudman inter- throwing it to an interview that he did with Tony Atlas, where they mm-hmm. talked about you and me. We're both from the streets. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, the greatest shit ever. Well, I'll find it another time. Mm-hmm. No big deal. 
So anyway, WWF Superstars uh, November 26, 1988 was a thing that occurred. And uh, I'm just glad we lose the Saturday Night Main Event banner. Should we watch the Saturday Night's Main Event or do you want to skip that? Um, it's up to you. You tell you tell me. I mean, yeah, you know what? What? But that's that's been covered ad ad nauseum. I mean, oh. people have heard about the Saturday Night Main events for years. It's these it's these superstars and and the occasional challenge that we throw in there mm-hmm. that are our uh, that are our bread and butter. Yes. Uh, we'll we'll check back in on Crockett at some point. Uh, may, maybe for Clash Four mm. in, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But let's. Let's take a look at um, what we have, what our choices are for uh, next week for either challenge or superstars. Look at this fucking lineup. <laughs> yes. Now, you, you, you can tell that Richie is, uh, of course, I fucked up my search thing. I, I put in the England method of uh, <laughs> 312, whatever. Richie April. Oh look, they're at the Cow Palace, but yeah. at, the real, at the real Cow Palace in uh, not the one that Barb and and um, Fuji and Warlord were at. Yeah, it's it's awkward. It's an awkward show though because it was still taped before Ding, and uh, yeah, so I I don't know if we're gonna see the Powers of Pain. Well, I guess Demolition. Yeah, well, I guess that they did a thing to explain Demolition being faces. And they did not have a Powers of Pain match on this particular uh, taping. So we, we may have to do a challenge in order to see uh, uh, War and Barb again. Gee, so. it, must, it must be so nice. It must have been so nice, like, by the time they started with, um, like, Monday Night Raw. Like, not having to write for weird shit to do these, like, transitional changes <laughs> on the TV tapings. Like... Yeah, yeah, they did. They had to work stuff. I like the first note for this Cow Palace taping. The scheduled Jim Duggan versus Dino Bravo match did not take place. Ah, well, shit. Yeah, <laughs> probably because Meltzer was there since he was out in uh, San Francisco. All right, so uh, well, we we did get a we did get the lineup of what's going to be on next week's show. We don't really have a feature bout other than um, ooh Harley Race versus Jim Gorman, my friend Jim Gorman. Anyway, um, I would like to say that the Dino Bravo versus Ricky Ataki is a feature bout. Uh, I did prior to the bout, Race did a non-televised promo, saying mm-hmm. he wanted to regain his throne from King Aku, and that Bobby Heenan never visited him or contacted him while he was injured. To wow. which I, to which I say, look, Harley, you knew what the deal was with the whole Patera thing. You were in the family at the time. You knew Heenan wasn't. It's no good to for us to visit each other. That's the right. Fed, the feds are watching Heenan. <laughs> what are you and your whores getting such a kick out of watching at that? Looking at that picture of Haku as the king? <laughs> now, challenge next week. Hey, we, we, <laughs> we got we got to do the superstars because Savage being on the Brother Love show. Mm-hmm. Know, feel like feel like that's going to be explosive. Uh, oh, yeah, because this will be the follow-up to, to um, Bad News suggesting that Liz is blowing Tunny. Yes. <laughs> uh, they got an update on the whole Tony thing. Interview with Andre and Heenan. Rockers, Coco, Ron Bass, Red Rooster. Perfect. Yeah, we got to do superstars. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, th- thank you for joining me on this. Oh. Uh, f- for this for this call for which Skype has decided, uh, no, we're, we're not giving you a timer no more. 
So you can't you can't find your spots of when you fucking start the show. Well, Robin, uh, you've said it all. I'm fucking irritated about it. Like what? Skype, stop fucking making everything worse and harder for me. All right. Fucking nauseating. Yeah. I'm fucking angry about this. I mean, I, I, it's bad enough we had those little pause things that you could pick up on that I had to try to edit out one at a time. Fucking nauseating. <sighs> yeah. Well. Yeah, I, ha- I have said it all now, so might as well. Mm-hmm. So did you record any, th- record any podcasts that are coming out soon? Uh, I know, uh, I know you got you got a plug. Uh, I know you've been on other podcasts. People come, I get calls from back home every day. You go, think you went that shit? No, I mean, I did. I did. I was actually in. Cl- oh, so really funny. I don't know if anybody had watched it or not, but um, for the North South Connection, we did like a uh, a preview show for, and I was on night two for WrestleMania with um, <laughs> and it was the best. Was I was at uh, I was at Rosero's house to watch WrestleMania, and I was recording in like another room. And his son was, like, behind me the whole time and, like, fucking around. So if you watched it on, like, YouTube, it was really funny. And then after the show, Rosero goes, yeah, he, he did that to you because he knows that he can't pull that shit with me. And I was like, yeah, it's all right. I don't care. But uh, it was good. I actually – I think I I think I called every match except for – I had, even the main event for WrestleMania because I had said that um, – I go, I just – I'm on this whole thing where it's like I just can't see Cody Rhodes – being the guy because he was a, he's a career mid Carter and he even goes to a company where he's the, he's the head of creative and he doesn't book himself in the main event or the world championship. So he doesn't even believe he's a main eventer. So how, no, 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 he was, he had it in his head because of the, the big criticism of Dusty, especially in, you know, 87 and 88. No, I know. I know. No, I know that's the reason why. I'm just goofing saying he didn't even believe he was a main eventer. But um, I just think that, I mean, at this point, I don't know. Somebody was, they were, they were tweeting out, somebody had tweeted out, like, what pay-per-view or premium live event we would get to where he would be, where Roman Reigns is going to beat, you know, Pedro, Backlund, Hogan, Bruno, Bruno 2. And I was like, you know what? It was like 2028. If he goes to 2028, he breaks he breaks Bruno's first reign. And I was like, fuck it. Let him go to 2028. <laughs> no, no. Uh, they'll, they'll get the belt off him at some point before then. Because the, the risk you run nowadays is... Dudes tear biceps and and, yeah. and and shit because of the style that gets worked, and yeah. that the biggest catastrophe that could happen to that company is if Roman gets hurt and they and they do a vacated title because then you've done this entire fucking thing for nothing. I know. No, I know. no nobody, nobody fucking gets over. It's just like when Lesnar is doing his monster run and. Oh, how are we going to get the title off him? Oh, just have Rollins pin Reigns. Yeah. Okay, great. Nobody fucking gets over. And then, all right, well, at least you have the thing where Lesnar hasn't been beaten since that fucking nauseating Triple H match where yeah. where he has to go over, even though it would have been a perfect time for him to retire, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then who who's the one who finally beats Lesnar? Oh, fucking Undertaker at, at that SummerSlam. Yeah, great. Great. Fucking wonderful. 
yeah, we need another fucking Undertaker uh, going over at the age of 73. Hey, but you want wait, you want to know something though? At least it was somebody who was credible, and it wasn't like Baron Corbin going over Kurt Angle. I mean, let's just be honest here. At least it was somebody a credible person to beat Lesnar. I mean, at this point though, they've booked themselves into a corner. They don't. I don't know who's gonna get hot enough to beat. Uh, Roman Reigns at this point, unless it's unless you go down the road of either having it be uh, Solo Sequoia or uh, if it's eventually, hey, that's what I'm saying. Give him another five years. WrestleMania 44, book the main event. It's Roman Reigns and his Bruno run against. Uh, fuck it, bring out David Sammartino. I don't care. Just put it anybody that could beat him that can like you know. It'll probably end up being Braun Breaker will beat him at 44. You know. In New Orleans, probably, right? Somewhere. Where are they going to have 44? No. No, I mean, like, that that's the dangerous game that they're playing with, with Roman, is if he gets hurt, and I know that they could, if it's, if it's a four-month injury, they could probably play it off so long as it's at a certain time in the year. Yeah. But they, they cannot... They cannot have that guy get hurt and vacate the title. It would be a fucking catastrophe if if that if that occurred because then then you've done this entire run for absolutely no reason at all where where absolutely nobody got elevated by this because they i mean look i i know i know we talked about this more towards the beginning but you know, they're, they're they're not going to bother rebuilding cody because because no. because they no. can't and you know Les Lesnar and Roman, I'm sorry, all of their matches have been kind of disappointing. Yeah, they had the fun little tractor spot and all this other shit, but come on, we've we've fucking seen this shit a million times. Like we, can you fucking build somebody else at, at, at some point? Huh? But didn't, yeah. wait, didn't they just say so last Monday or Monday night when he, when Paul Heyman goes, anybody who wants to come with you is never going to get a shot at the championship ever again. And then Brock Lesnar comes out, and they were like, that doesn't apply to Brock Lesnar because he can't fight Roman Reigns again. Did Brock Lesnar sign sign some kind of a Lex Luger contract where he's not supposed to ever face Brock Roman Reigns again? I think that the whole the, the idea behind the SummerSlam match last year was this was it. This was this, his last this, chance. This is it. We're not. Yeah, we're not. We're not okay. doing. We're not running this back again because we did the match at Mania, and we've yeah. done all these matches before yeah. with these guys and. It's so annoying, but the fact is, it's the only two guys that they're willing to push as megastars, so that's all you have. I mean, like, I've heard Gunther's name thrown around. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? What are you going to do? A fucking heel versus... You You, you can't make Gunther a babyface. I'm sorry. There's, there's no... no. I, I cannot envision that, and... I mean, yeah, you could turn Roman face, but frankly, I, I'm, I'm tired of this fucking heel champion shit where, where if heel fucking runs roughshod, it's like... It's like this, this, this shitty ass fucking NWA booking where like the heel champion has like a fucking faction in the background and they just fucking run in every goddamn match, which I know is pro wrestling. But how is Roman's reign any better than Jinder Mahal's other than the matches being of a better quality? There's no fucking difference. It's just better, better guys backing him up than the, the you know, the Bollywood all-star team or whatever the fuck. Hey, I got a dumb question. When Harley Race was champion, like back in the 70s. Did he yeah. have like? Did he have an entourage? Even like one person? Like well, did Harley? Did Harley have like a manager? No, the way the way things would work. No, no. The the way things would work in the territory days is they generally run the heel champion, 
the heel champion goes around to the various territories. They face the top. They 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 go against the top baby face, and then the you know the the heel that's feuding with the face in the territory will fu- you know fuck things up and cause him to lose to Harley Race. That would be one option, or the guy just loses to Harley straight up. I mean that's. You could do it one of two ways, but the belt's not, or you do a DQ finish and Harley retains and everybody goes home happy because the guy beat Harley via DQ, which people didn't care as much about back then. If like, well, he won the title, he didn't win the title, but he did win by DQ or count out. Like there, there was a certain point in time where wrestling fans would become jaded by that shit. Uh, I know I'm dialing it back to SummerSlam 93 again, <laughs> where it's like, yeah, the, the landscape had definitely changed by that point. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, and and with, with Vince now hovering over everything, um, I I am not optimistic about the uh, immediate future of of this of this company because right. because he, he just has his, he's. I mean, you want to talk about the phrase he's set in his ways? There ain't nobody fucking set in their ways quite like uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, yeah, who, who's, who's pushed exactly two guys for about seven years since Cena, since Cena left. He's pushed two guys and occasionally Seth Rollins. And I still contend that you, you, could, you could have absolutely done the same finish for that Mania match. But instead of Solo Sokoa, who, by the way, the fucking referee is like looking right at it but whatever uh instead of solo sokoa showing up you know cloaked in a fucking hoodie that i would wear uh you have seth rollins do the same thing because he has a logical reason to do that as well and that way you you don't make it yet another uh bloodline interference thing that occurs you can't even fucking have cage matches anymore because everybody fucking sits with thumbs up their fucking asses waiting for somebody to unlock the door i remember hell in the cell 2016 we're all fucking sitting there waiting during the goddamn owens match we're like all right jericho's gonna run down he's gonna get in the cage at some point and then yeah okay great great so goddamn goddamn predictable half the time i don't say you know shit has to be unpredictable even at the wait hold on even at the elimination chamber which is a match that's designed to keep the six competitors in the ring they had one of the guys get eliminated they go to take him out and fucking logan paul runs in (laughs) the guy wasn't even on the card and he runs in no Logan Paul, Logan Paul annoys me, but he seems to he 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 seems to grasp the uh, the concept of being a heel very well. And I I know that that's the argument against my idea for Rollins is, yeah, you can't turn Rollins heel and have him have the ongoing issue with with Logan Paul. That's not going to work. But, you know, I'm just just spitballing over here. Anyway, we got to get out. Okay, (laughs) I'm I'm getting I'm getting hungry and I'm getting fucking angry about every, angry. every everything again so i have a you breadstick get, i, I yeah, think i will angry all yeah. right well you said it all oh thank you and uh, uh for uh, please if if you've enjoyed this this thing of ours that uh, we you don't ever admit the existence of this we, thing we don't but if you've enjoyed it please leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts, itunes uh spotify even though they pulled a lot of my solo episodes because you know whatever I don't feel like, yeah, I don't feel like editing shit in them. 
uh you know you can leave or wherever fine podcast reviews are accepted because it provides social proof that you're listening to and enjoying this podcast now i am on twitter at gf allentown pod Keithy's on twitter at flounder824 you can email gmail.com. and uh yeah next week december 3rd 1988 superstars so tune in next time for another exciting edition gfa live Turn that off.